Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Second week of our new series, uh, uh, Be Loved, uh, play on the word beloved, and uh, we did launch a companion, some companion content with this. This is not a marriage series, um, but it has marriage implications. And so you can find it on Spotify or you can find it on um, Apple, the, I, the podcast app, uh, if, you use, uh, if you use an Apple device. And you just look up Celebration Church Mini Series, and Mini Series, two words, and you'll pull us right up. And you'll be able to find it. And so there's nine episodes of us talking about um, and having a conversation about different things that have to do with marriage and relationship. And so um, we've already had a lot of people uh, engage with that content. And so I encourage you. I think it'll be a blessing to you. And so our version app isn't working right. So you're going to have to just do bulletin with us this morning. And if you will go ahead and crack that bulletin open in the series, we're launching with this truth um, that when you know how to actually be loved, you can learn how to actually live. And that being loved and living are completely tied together. We were created in an environment of love. God breathed life into Adam and in an environment of love. Sin, shame, destruction had not entered in at all. It was a complete 100% environment of love. Eve was created in an environment of love. They, were, they came together and, and did community in an environment of love. We were designed to flourish in an environment of love, to just be loved, and then everything flow out of that. But then sin and shame and brokenness came in and wrecked all of that. And we still need love. We still desire it. And so we figure out workarounds and we figure out hacks and we figure out how to harvest love. And we kind of covered that last week and try to break that transactional form of love that I do this for you. But now you owe love to me and and that kind of broken system. No, we love because God first loved us. And that's the flow of love. And we see here in Song of Solomon... And Song of Solomon is a, it's a steamy book of the Bible. If, if, you have to, if any of them are PG-13, Song of Solomon's PG-13. And, and so, uh, in fact, the, the Hebrew men back in the day were not allowed to read this until they were 30 years old. And so because, um, it just kind of get your motor revving a little bit, and you weren't, they weren't ready for that. And so... Um, so it was just, it's got a lot of, of beautiful language about um, this, this man and woman desiring one another and pursuing one another and anticipating coming together. And it's, 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 it's beautiful. And in the, the, in the middle of Song of Solomon, we see this bedrock truth that is the focus and the foundation of their love connection and of our love with God. And it's simply this, that I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Her understanding was first and foremost that she was pursued, she was desired, she was wanted. And, the, and her beloved said, you're, said, said I, I want you, you're, you're mine. And she, she understood, I am my beloved. My beloved isn't wondering if he wants me around, isn't wondering if, if, if this is still a thing with us. I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. 
It's not just a one-way street. I'm not some sort of possession. There is this equal thing here. And, and I also now return and I have ownership and, and, and bought in and invested into my relationship on the other side. I am, my beloved is, is mine. And this is the view of our flow with God. It's first God pursues us through, the, through Jesus. And, and the, the whole scriptures are, is God's pursuit of humanity to bring restoration to a, a love environment. And if we don't see that, we won't be able to operate correctly. Being loved by God changes the way we live life. It should change everything we do, every step we take, every interaction with each person. Every thought we have should be highly influenced. It should be completely changed by being loved by God. 1 John 4.16 says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Now, our anniversary is uh, New Year's Eve. And so this last New Year's Eve, we were married 25 years. Yes. And uh, Pastor Brandon um, surprised me with a cruise. Now, I am not an um, adventurous person. And so I, if we're going to go somewhere for a long period of time, like go and stay, then I like to go for a day to figure out how we're going to do this. I need to know first before I go. And so cruises are awesome for that. You go, you stop for a day, you go some, get off the boat, you go hang out, and then you come back. It's, it's perfect for me. And so um, we have always wanted to go to the Grand Cayman Islands, and so uh, that was one of the stops on this trip. Now, we do things a little bit different. We are, I'm not adventurous except for in this part. Be ready to be wowed. We do not buy the excursions that the boat sells. The ship, excuse me, the ship. Because somebody doesn't want to pay that much for them. They're like seven times more than I'm what little, it should be. I'm and little, so. It can be a little tight. <laughs> Anyways. So we do our own thing. And that is about as adventurous as I get. So we go on the, on the ship, and we get to the Grand Cayman Islands, and so the first thing that we do is we go shopping. Shopping! And that is one of my very favorite things to do, and he follows. It's worked well for us for almost 26 years. I don't want to hear if that's the wrong way to do it. Keep your mouth shut. Anyways, and so this, then we do that for half the day, and then what do you do when you're there? You go to the beach. And so we found a, a little lady, little lady to take us to the beach, and so and we're there. Now, I'm going to tell you, I know that we as Americans, we can be rude. But it is a whole different definition of rude when you go outside of the United States. They, people are rude, rude, and they want your money, and they're going to say or do whatever they can if they think they can get it from you. And so we went to the beach, and it's exhausting because you have to sit in your chair the whole time or else the person that you paid to rent it is going to come get it and rent it to someone else. And so 
I mean, we were, I mean, we were stuck in our chairs, or we put our stuff in if we went to go to the water. And anyway, so we'd been there for several hours and watched all of this. Now, so it's time to go back to the dock. And so we're in the crowd trying to find, you know, a, Pastor Brandon says it's a van. I said it was a bus. It was a little bus. Little. It was really probably a van. And... <laughs> It's a short bus, but I don't want to say I ride a short bus, so it's probably a van. <laughs> and so he, this man comes up to us. He says, two for the docks. And, I mean, they're pushing, and everybody's trying to get our attention. And I was like, yes, sir. And so we follow him through the parking lot and all this, and he takes us to this van bus. And it's full. Like, there are so many people in that van bus. And I'm like, I am not riding on anybody's lap. I do not know how this is going to go. And he opens, they drive on the wrong side of the car first off. Anyways, he opens the door, and the front door, and he, you know, we have to sit in the front seat. And I'm like, oh, Lord. And so I don't know if you all notice, but down here on the front row, I have a chair. And when Pastor Brandon's up here, there's this empty seat beside me and an empty seat over here because I like the space. And so, and we're in this van bus, and I'm, there ain't no space. And I'm sitting next to the driver, and he's yelling at people. And there's no hood. It's just a flat front. So when they get up to somebody's rear, you're kissing it. I mean, I could have gone and touched the car in front of me. It was crazy. And he's yelling and honking and all this and waving people. I didn't even look to see what finger was waving. I just was like, oh, my gosh. And just, I mean, just the sound out of, I mean, the tone and all of that was just, he was going to whoop someone. Rude. Just rude. And so, um, are you going to show them a picture? Oh, yes. To show you how uncomfortable. This is how uncomfortable Uncomfortable was. cutie was. And, and she didn't I like his driving. Me. She didn't like his driving. <laughs> I'm trying to get a selfie. With us and our guy, and she is fixated on his poor driving and freaked out. I'm trying out, to so. hold on to something. And so. Look at that double chin. It's cute. Let's just point it out. <laughs> anyway, so. We're done. We get to the dock. We get to the dock, and he, he says, all right, everybody, listen up. Now, we think that the, the, we're about to get the speech. Get all your bags. Collect all your stuff. Do not leave anything behind. Make sure, blah, 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 blah. You know. And he says, all right, everybody, listen up. Close your eyes and bow your head. And I looked at Brandon, and I thought, this is not the time to be praying to Jesus. We should have done that in the beginning. <laughs> and he leads us in the Lord's Prayer. The Prayer he of Salvation. Yes, in the Prayer of Salvation. I'm sorry. One of those. And I said... get that he was a Jesus follower <laughs> but everybody was praying before they got out of that van bus <laughs> I was amazed I was just kind of lost I mean I'm not ever without words but that day it was as he as he was sitting there and having us go through this process and and, and repeat after him and and say the sinner's prayer um, there had been no presentation of the gospel 
Um, he had not driven or responded or acted in any way that, that, Jesus, that us, pointed us out, pointed us towards Christ. There was no understanding that God was loving and caring. And you know what? And I, I appreciate it. I feel like, you know, he, he, he meant it well and, it was, and he meant it genuinely. You know, and I, I, you know, I think, you know, when we all got out, he's like 15 more went to heaven, you know. And, and so, but, uh, you know, we all prayed along with him. And, yeah, but did. that is not... That is not our place of confidence. Our confidence is not in some religious moment where we recite a prayer or we show up at church. Our confidence is not in church attendance. Our confidence is, is not in listening to a sermon. Our confidence is, is not in doing all of these religious activities. And, and in his mind, if he could just pick us up, get us there, and get us to say these words and just force this prayer out of us, then we had some sort of religious moment and all of a sudden now we were right with God and we had embraced the, the, the truth of who Jesus is and that's not it at all the gospel is God loves us we don't know and rely on a prayer we know and rely on the love of the one we're praying to that is what this is about we know and rely on God's love for us and all of this isn't about going through some sort of religious practice and, re- and jumping through religious hoops it is trusting a God who loves you so much he sent a son that is what this is 100% about that is what we trust in. And if we don't understand that, that we know and rely on the love of God and that God is in us and we have God, we have everything we need for life immediately when we trust in Him. But so many times we can look and focus, we can focus on the wrong things. Could you go ahead and throw up the next picture? Now, what do you see here? I mean, everybody's hungry now. This We're all going to go to pizza. But I see a ruined pizza with pineapple on half of it. What kind of messed up, unholy thing did we put on our screen? (laughs) We focus on the fact that it's not whole. That some rude person came and took out a slice. It's not whole. It's not finished. It's not complete. And one of the things that we tend to immediately focus on in our life is what we are missing instead of what we have. And we, what we have is the love of God. We're not missing that. We're not walking around here without that in our life. And since we have God, we've placed our faith in him. We know and rely on that. God is love. He is at work in us. Since God is love, he is in us and at work in us. That is what we need to trust in. We need to trust in from the beginning and for him to be at work in us. And we're about to look at a very well-versed passage of Scripture. People are very familiar with 1 Corinthians 13. It's the love chapter. But here's what I want us to do. I don't want us to look at it like it's a checklist. Like, okay, do we have, we're about to see if we've got love. Do we have this ingredient? Do we have this ingredient? Do we have this ingredient? Mm, No, we're a little low on that one. There must not be actually any love here. So many times we can look at 1 Corinthians 13 and see it as some sort of recipe for love. It is not. These are the side effects. These are the product of love. This is what love brings about in our life. It's not add a stash of this and a little bit of that and all of that and all of a sudden you have love. No, you have love because God is love. And if we'll let him work, these things begin to show up in our lives. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. 
It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. What we need, what we need is more of what we already have. And that is the love of God. It is. So we look at that. Love is, the very first thing we see love is, love is patient. So many times we can say, man, I'm really running low on patience. The truth is, is we're not running low on patience. We're running low on love because love is patient. Love will begin to allow patience to just kind of naturally begin to flow out of us when we love someone. That's why parents can be so incredibly patient with their children and be, because there's this place of love when everybody else is like, hush that brat up right now. And the mom is like, I'm going to bust you in the face. There ain't nothing wrong with my kid. And, and so, and they have patience because of love. And everybody else is missing out on it. We, what we don't need is to try to focus on patience. We need to focus on the love of God flowing in our lives. Well, we need to be kind. And we focus on being kind. We need to focus on that we love. That we love more than anything. Um, when I was pregnant with Preslin, who was our youngest child, we had just gotten a Suburban, <clears throat> and Pres uh, Colin and I, who is our second youngest, yes, yeah, <laughs> I get lost in there, it, she's number six, anyways, she and I were out running errands, now, we were leaving the house. We were getting ready to run errands. And I was, I had her, and I'm going to tell you a little something about me. I always, always, repeat, always, always, always have a drink in my hand. Always. I'm drinking tea. Pastor Brandon had to exp explain er in the first service because I didn't. Yeah, it ain't the country song version. All I need is a drink in my hand. No. It's not, it's not that one. It, I always have tea or um, probably Diet Dr. Pepper, but at this time, I had tea, and I had a well-mixed tea. It was a good mix of lemons and tea, and so I had that in my hand, and so my habit was to open the driver door and put my tea on the hood right in front of the window where you could see it. Why did I not just reach across the car and put it in there? I don't know. I'm guessing because I was too short and big to reach. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so I put my drink there, and then I go to put Colin in the back seat in her car seat. And you have to have two hands to do that. And so I buckle her up. Now, our house has, we don't have a garage. We have a carport, carport an up from out from under. And it has huge columns on the edge now we probably have too big of cars for said up from out from under but it takes that for our family and we park it in there anyways and so I am I, I guess like I'm always just a little bit brain lapsed that day and I jump in the car and we start to go and I look out the window and there is beautiful tea 
outside the window. What do you do? You throw open the car door, you jump out to grab your drink. And the car started rolling backward. So I'm in between. The door's here, the car's here. So you can tell what's happening. The car's coming at me. My child is in the back seat. And I'm freaking out. I got to get my drink and stop the car. (laughs) And so I do what any person, mom, would do. I jump, I climb. There was no jumping. There was climbing into the car. I climb into the car, and it's still coming. And I push from the brake, and I put it in park, and I just take a moment to just catch my breath. And Colin's talking to me in the back, and then all of a sudden, I realized that I heard a noise. And it wasn't a pleasant noise. But in the midst of jumping in the car and all that, I didn't catch it till things had slowed down. And so I get out of the car, and I'm like... Um, and I look down, and just the little bitty corner of the door, where the, you know, the door goes like this, just that little bitty corner was kind of crushed, just a little, just a little bit. And I was like, you know, nobody really needs a corner. <laughs> I mean, it's okay, you know, and, and you know, I, oh, if that was all that happened in that, I mean, wow, praise the Lord. And so we get in, I get in, I get my drink and I get in the car and Colin and I ran twice the errands that day because I did not want to have to go to the office to tell Brennan. And those errands went by really fast and I was like, what am I going to do? And so I go to the church and I'm like, I need you to follow me. And he's like, what? And I said, oh, just follow me. I just need to show you something. Ah, we're all good. Everything's good. It's great. We're good. And I go out, and so, and I said, so, and I don't tell him. I don't say, look here, or whatever. I just say, so, when I was leaving the house earlier, and I tell him, you know, like, I got in the car, and put it in gear, and was backing out, and there's my drink, and I needed the drink. I wasn't going to waste it. And so I jump out of the car, throw the door open, jump out the car, and the car starts backing up. I'm like, Brian, I could have died. The car was coming at me. I could have been taken under. And um, so this little bitty corner right here got got smushed. Just a little bit. But, I mean, we're going to be all right. It's going to be good. Nobody needs a corner. And remember, I could have died. And your daughter was in the car. And she could have rolled to the street after it rolled over me. And, I mean, and he was just like. That's all that happened. And I said, that's it. That's all that happened. Look, it's just, I mean, it's sit. He's like, that's all that happened. And I said, yes. And he shuts the door, or maybe the door was shut. I don't know. And he said, look up. And I went, oh, crap. I knew that noise was louder. (laughs) And I looked up, and I had crushed Probably about this much of the door had. She had run errands and not seen it. All day. (laughs) Open that door and not seen it crush. I was so focused on the little bitty corner. I mean, I I was just telling myself, it's okay. Nobody needs a corner. He'll be fine. And there was (laughs) not a huge, it wasn't huge, but it was enough 
And I just looked at it and I was like, but remember, I could have died. <laughs> and she was really concerned because, I mean, it's, you know, it costs and, you know, you, you, you hate to have something that, you know, you have is damaged. We hadn't had it very long. And, and so it was one of those things. But as I looked at that, my natural response would have been to get frustrated, upset, and, and not, be as, not be kind. And in that moment, I just saw, I just saw with a different lens um, the, the car going back and, 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 and hurting her and our, our daughter ending up in the road. And I looked at that dent and I just saw protection and I just saw grace and I was just so thankful. And I, that is, I, I still drive that vehicle. That dent is still there and I call it my favorite dent. And I look at that dent and I'm so thankful for that dent. And it was not a, a response out of me, but it was love for her and for my wife that made kindness pop out of me. I didn't have to try to be kind to her in that moment. Love made me kind in that moment. Love is kind. And when we let love work, it begins to do what love does. She said, for the love of her and my wife. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> The her was Colin, <laughs> our daughter. <laughs> Sorry, it just it made me laugh. That's funny. I'm tearing. Just a minute. Do I need to read the next scripture? No, first John just he like finished the notes. Y'all remember last week? First John four fifteen says, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they live. No. Yes. And they live in God. And they in God. I mean, God is love, and as he works in us, the, his love is going to show up. Um, when we're hooked up to the source of love, it just, honestly, it just begins to flow. Let's quickly look at 1 John 4. Um, John writes, and he says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, and whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. He loved us, and so therefore that love should begin to flow towards other people. John identified as being loved by Jesus even more than his own name. He was more comfortable with it being said, the one loved by God, the one loved by Jesus. Then he referenced, I am John. He was, I am the one loved by God. John 20, uh, verse 2 through 4 says, So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple. The one Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Only a man writing the story would say, hey, we were both running, but I beat him. I beat that other one. We were both running, but I was there first. 
But the best detail in this is that John references himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he does this six times, six different times. And him understanding that he was loved transformed the way he interacted with other people. See, when you see yourself as loved, you see others as loved as well. And the problem is if you think you've earned the love, then you can then easily think others did not earn the love. And, we, and that will negatively affect the way we interact with one another. Uh, we want to quickly look at three times John, knowing that he is loved, shaped the way he interacted with people and made a difference in their lives. John 11.5 says, Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. When he was when John was writing to describe Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he said, they were loved. They were loved. And he was comfortable in that. And he was secure in that. And that's how he was able to see people because he was, it was so matter of fact that he was loved. Then in John 13... We have another encounter. It says, after he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. And his disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. And one of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Again, the disciple whom Jesus loved was, was real close. And, and Simon Peter, who had a good relationship with Jesus, motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. So here is this thing playing out that, that if I recognize that she is, feels confident in her love and being loved by God and I've got a, a question or a need in my life and I go to her and I say, hey, will you talk to God about this? That, that's, a, that's a prayer request. And so we're saying, hey, I want you to pray to God about this. Here is a real life prayer request happening. Peter's asking John to ask Jesus something and to talk to him. And in that moment, us understanding that we are loved by God and us having that confidence, it will begin to spill over into other people's lives. People who are in need, people who are dealing with different things, people who have questions will say, hey, what's going on here? You're confident in your love for, that God loves you. Man, I'm not confident that God loves me. I, I feel like God doesn't like me. I feel like God's angry at me. I feel like this and this and this or, or punishment from God for this, this and this. And you're like, no, God demonstrates his love and, and, and begin to show these different things. And it will make a difference in the way other people connect. The third spot is after Jesus' resurrection. Uh, John 21, uh, 4 through 7 says, Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, and they were unable to pull their nets in because of the large number of fish, then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord! As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. Jesus is talking to his disciples, but he's, they're out on the water, he's on the shore, and, and they're not making out his face and his figure, and, and they're not recognizing it's him. There's winds, there's waves, there's different things, and they're not recognizing the tonality of Jesus' voice, and, and, and Jesus is trying to engage with them, and they don't recognize that it's him. 
But they go ahead and do what this person said. And we begin to see the effects of this. The one who was confident in, his, in being loved by Jesus was the first one to recognize the first one to recognize this was Jesus. Folks, there are times when it, things get foggy and fuzzy and it feels like we're not really making out. Is God at work here? Is God not at work here? All these different things. But if we understand that God loves us, we're confident in his love for us, we'll begin to see him at work when other people are missing it. Where other people don't see that there's anything at work. And we say, no, God's at work here. This is Jesus' voice. This is Jesus at work. And all of a sudden, our recognition can begin to be spark someone else's faith. Peter's the one that jumped out of the boat. The one that Jesus loves says, it's the Lord. And Peter said, man, I'm in the water and going. And if we will be strong in knowing we're loved by God, it will begin to affect other people around us. We have the same bottom line for the whole series. And it honestly needs to be the bottom line for our life in, with Christ. And it is that we love because we love because he first loved us. We can truly love when we first, when we first learn to just be loved by God, to just be loved by him. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.